Welcome to the Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by Rosemary Orchard. And this is the place where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your bidding for you. Uh, we have a special guest today from the Timery app. Welcome to the show, Joe Rebar. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, um, I'm very honored to be here. We are so happy to have you on. Uh, so Joe is one of my favorite developers supporting automation. And with everything going on with the new operating systems and things, we knew we wanted to get a developer and, and somebody who's up to their elbows in it. And Joe, you were the first one that came to mind. We were so happy when you agreed to come <laughs> well, on the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to uh, also make my Relay FMW debut switch on. Yes. Long overdue. Yeah. It's unbelievable that we've not had you on a show yet. Um, you know, because uh, we, we all met at WWDC a couple of years ago. It was the year that I broke my ankle. Uh, just yes, to be clear for the audience, Joe had nothing to do with the ankle breaking, but he was very, <laughs> very helpful after the ankle was broken uh, to, you know, make sure that I didn't damage myself further. Um, but yeah, you've, you've been mentioned on on Relay a lot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure... I think it's a toss-up between uh, automators and Cortex, which men- which one mentions timery more often. Uh, maybe somebody's uh, transcribed all the episodes using an AI and, and can actually tell us uh, how uh, how many times each uh, show has mentioned it. Um, but yeah, you've been making you know a really great app that is very very useful, and you are uh, just you know generally at least. Uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, we all know, uh, because this is true, uh, very nice in the, uh, you know, automation community as well. You're open to ideas and requests and things like that, which is something that I think a lot of users do appreciate. And I'm sure that doesn't come for free. Um, I know that uh, developing shortcuts integration in particular can be interesting, um, but it is greatly appreciated. Well, thank thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you all using the app and sharing about it and talking about it. And yes, it's, it's a lot of fun to both uh, hear how it's been helpful to people and also to uh, learn how other people are, are using it and build the tools for everybody to do things with automation. Yeah, it, it is really a, a nice community. I guess that's something that we've never really acknowledged on the show. When we did that meetup, in 2019, you know, before the the end of times disease, uh, the uh, it was really fun because the shortcuts team was there, uh, Sal was there, Joe was there, a lot of the developers that are actively developing shortcuts and uh, automation on the Mac were there, and it was a, really a spirit of cooperation. Everybody was there talking to each other about what they're doing and you know how they're figuring out new ways to make it easier to you know push the ball forward for automation for everyone and. That's why we make this show. Honestly, if you're listening to the show and you're a you're a pro automator and you've been doing it for 30 years, we're really happy to have you. But I know a lot of people listening to the show are are trying to figure it out too. And that's one of the things I love about you, Joe, is that you have an app that um, has very complex but also very basic automations built into it. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, using the Timer app is a great vehicle to start getting your automation muscles stronger. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's that's been my goal throughout developing develop, developing Timery. That I I want to give everybody all of these tools if they want to use them, and uh, if if they do, they're there. If they if they don't want to do it, that's fine too. Uh, just to be as flexible that uh, it, it can be in in building into th- into everybody's workflows. 
Yeah, but you are you are definitely like Rose said, very uh, pro automation. I know I've sent you some oh, yeah. really bizarre requests over the years that ended up in the app. Rose, I'm sure, has done the same thing. And uh, you're you're really out there helping people automate. Um, tell us a little bit about your your history. I mean, how did you get into software development and on the Apple platforms? My journey to Timery, it's sort of by way of. Um, I started doing uh, web development back in the day and uh, also Flash development, good old Flash. Wow, that goes uh, back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Before iOS development, I was doing broadcast graphics development. So I was making touchscreen graphics, large-scale touchscreen graphics for live sports broadcasts, for uh, show analysts and anchors to tell a story of whatever whatever they were talking about with a, mm-hmm. a touchscreen graphic live on air. Wow. At some point, it just felt like uh, the next step of my automation, or sorry, my interactive uh, journey would be to learn how to make an iOS app. And uh, I learned how to do it. And now I'm that's what I'm doing. Yeah, nice, nice. And then your, you know, your big app is Timery, which is mm-hmm. a, a iOS app and Mac app that connects and to Mac, yep. the toggle service. So that's kind of interesting because you, you combine your history of, of web stuff with, uh, with an iOS app at, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. linking in with the toggle application and you became just a, uh, a front end for toggle, but at the same time, so much more. Yeah. They have a really great and robust API that I'm very thankful for. And uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun working on that. I think for me, the thing that strikes me with Timery um, for Toggle, so it's a, it's a time tracking app um, for anybody who, who is uh, not sure what <laughs> Toggle or Timery that. is. Uh, I mean, I think the name Timery is fairly self-explanatory, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's a time tracking app. Um, but the thing for me about Timery itself as an app is it is very much a case of the tool that you use can make your life so much easier. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, the automation starts, you know, we don't have to use shortcuts or anything like that. You can just start in the app and say, okay, like this project with these tags are our favorite of mine. Bam. And that's it. And then you, you've got that right there and you can tap to start it at any point. Um, and, and you just go from there. And I think that, uh, just, you know, looking at that and starting right at the beginning with really simple and easy to do the thing that you need to do in the app that is the best automation for the end user, at least to start with, because that then just, you know, I, I want to be able to tap one button and do this thing and they can now tap one button and do that thing. And it works every time. Um, and it looks pretty and yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice that you started with something that, you know, even though users may not think of it as an automation, it is an automation when you can tap one button and it runs, you know, this timer with these preferences for you. And that's one of the things I really love. You know, it starts with something seemingly very simple. I'm sure, you know, getting all that together and figuring out how the user was going to set all that up may not have been the simplest thing to do, but I know it certainly works really well for me. So that was sort of the the initial goal when I was building Timery. I started back in the workflow days. I was using um, the Workflow Today widget to start and stop uh, timers through the toggle API. I'm pretty sure I learned about time tracking from Federico Vitici at Mac Stories and how he was using 
uh, workflow workflows to interface with the toggle API. So I had started doing that for the job I had at the time. And I created a, a series of individual workflows for each of the projects that I had. And each one would have um, a list of things related to that project that I might be working on. So I would swipe over to the 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 widget, hit my project. It would ask me, what am I working on? I'd press one of those things, and then it would call a, what I had a, called a super workflow that had all the API logic in it. So each one of them would send to the the main workflow uh, the, the project, the description, if I had tags, uh, start time, et cetera, and then actual, actually do the interfacing with the, the toggle API. So once I eventually started working on Timery, that was that I took that with me to have those kinds of presets. I wanted to have something to easily, just like that, easily start something that I would always or what I would often use. So that became eventually the save timers in, in Timery. Yeah. And Rose is right. That is a, a form of automation because when you set up a saved timer, you can have related tags and other metadata attached to it. And that sticks because like one of the things I do with your app, Joe, is I track time as a maker, a manager and a consumer. Um, I like to see at the end of the week, how much time did I make making stuff versus learning stuff? And sure. a lot of my save timers like lend themselves to that. Like email time to me is kind of manager time, but recording time is maker time. And so in addition to getting a nice summary of my time at the end of the week, I also see using those tags, how much time did I spend making? And all that is done through the save timers because they, they, they apply the tags for you. I don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to do that every time I set a new timer. I love that. That was the goal. Great. <laughs> I think it's really powerful uh, that that's the starting point. And and like Rose said, it's an automation. Uh, you open the application. If you've never used the application, you open it up. And um, they have two main views. I know Joe probably would look at it differently. But in my head, there's you've got the entries of the day and you've got the save timers. Just click on save timers and click on the next one. And if you make a nice... Um, set of save timers and you stick within them, you can have consistent tagging and everything done. It's a really low friction way to track your time. But then it goes further with automation. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. something somewhat related. Um, the uh, Your app runs on the backbone of Toggle. You know, you're using the Toggle API. Toggle is a web service for, for time tracking and it does a bunch more. Uh, in this era where all these API-based apps are getting slaughtered by big companies, are you worried at all? Or, I mean, how, how's that going? That's definitely something I've been thinking about and have been thinking about for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They just released uh, last year at some point uh, a new API. So I'm hoping that means that it's still going to be open and able to be used by everybody for quite some time. But that, yeah, that is something uh, that I'm thinking about. And I eventually would at some point like to add in perhaps iCloud syncing. Uh, sure. Even just for, I mean, just myself, I would like to have that just to have mm. to, to own all of my stuff. But yeah, it's something I've definitely been thinking about. But uh, You know, it, it kind of cuts both ways for you too, though, because I think there's a lot of people who probably like toggle and they, because toggle has other features and, 
it's tied to a whole family of products. So I'm sure your app helps them out too. So hopefully they're smart about it and don't throw hand grenades at you. (laughs) But the, uh, it just seems like the last six months, uh, some of these companies have got a little too big for their britches in my opinion, but the, uh, Oh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So one of the things that um, you, you mentioned there, Joe, was the possibility of syncing with iCloud. And I know that this year at WWDC, Apple um, announced um, a new um, sort of extension or alternative to core data. Yes. Um, is that data. the sort of thing that you would be looking at for this? Um, or would you just go nuts and build something custom? Oh, I think it would definitely be... Um, Something like Swift Data, yeah. Because I, when they announced, it, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. That might be something beneficial for for me in the future." Because, yeah, I, I think that would be a a good thing to have in the app too. The option to have it sync with iCloud too. Definitely, it makes a lot of sense, and I know um, a lot of developers that I know, um, especially um, you know indie developers or, or folks working in very small companies, were really excited by Swift Data. Um, and some of the folks who've got existing stuff were in existing customers um, who are running very old versions of iOS. So they're going, yeah, I really wish we could look at this, but there's <laughs> yep. no way. Um, it's the problem with having existing users who are using an older version of iOS. But it is cool that there are all those new features coming because uh, I know, and we'll have to talk about this after the break, that you've already got some WatchOS 17 features and you've had them since day zero, which is impressive. You know what I really love about this whole cloud syncing thing is I feel like this is an evolution that that I predicted. If you go back at like old MPU when Google was the only company that could sync data. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember like some of the dot .Mac syncing that Apple did in the early days where you try to sync a text file and it took 30 minutes. I mean, there was a time when Google was the only company that could do it. Then eventually big companies like Apple also learned to do it. And now medium-sized companies are doing it. The Omni Group is a good example. They run their own cloud sync service for their applications. And now it's just a thing you plug into in Xcode, right? And assuming it's reliable, it's been an evolution, but suddenly that democratizes it to the point that anybody can add a cloud sync to their app. And assuming this is reliable and works, uh, that's going to really open up the floodgates for a lot of developers like Joe's size to be able to to have options that they didn't have before. I love that. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting because I've heard not great stories from some developers about using core data and syncing it with iCloud. Yeah, early days was bad. Yes, I hope this will improve things and, and indeed make it uh, more widely available for everybody. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your privacy online. But choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. There are tons of VPN providers out there, but there's a reason I use ExpressVPN and why we have them as a sponsor. They're really good. Here's why. Number one, ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Lots of VPNs may make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do this. They even developed a technology, trusted server, that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. Number two, speed. ExpressVPN now uses Lightweight, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. Sometimes VPNs can slow your connection down, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and uses stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get set up. Just fire up the app, tap one button to connect, and that's it. 
I literally don't know how long I've been using Express VPN for because it's so easy to use and it's just become part of my workflow. I love that I can easily switch countries to, you know, check out what's on Netflix in the US. And also the fact that sometimes you get stuck on a network and things just don't work. Various websites won't open and doing whatever it is you might usually do to work around these issues doesn't necessarily fix the problem. But usually firing up ExpressVPN means, ta-da, I'm out of their network into the ExpressVPN world. And well, pretty much everything just works. So you should use ExpressVPN if you need to deal with some crummy networks, either quality-wise or security-wise. And CNET, The Verge, Business Insider, and many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash automators. Visit expressvpn.com slash automators to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Really FM. All right. So Joe, you've built Timery. It's really got some automation in it just with the layout and build of the application, but that wasn't enough for you. Uh, as Apple started opening up shortcuts and, and making user-based automation, you have always been one of the earliest and most aggressive developers about including those features. Why is that? Why are you so into automation on this stuff? I think it just comes from me using workflow and then shortcuts for sure. so many things. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, a, a power automator, but I, I just like to make little workflows or make little shortcuts for just little things here and there, not necessarily to fully automate a setup, but just to do, make something a little re- repeating task, uh, just a little more convenient to do. So I, I think it comes from that just, sort of understanding the 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 power of being able to automate things so just that was my goal to have a lot of the core function functionality from the app just to be available to do stuff outside of the app too well i'll tell you um the the community loves your app and like you're in that unique category with apps like dark noise where it's an app that um that seems like it has automation like built in as a core tenant of the application. And it, it was no surprise to me that like even in the betas for iOS 17, your, your automation is already taking advantage of the new features. And I think, you know, it's like, I don't know how else to put it, but like, it's like you get it. I mean, as an automator, when I use your app, I'm just like, uh, Joe gets it. Like all the little things I want to automate are always already there. And and we, uh, one of the reasons we want to have you on, I think, is to thank you because, boy, if all developers did what you did, I feel like shortcuts would be so much bigger right now because so often people want to automate and they go and the action they want isn't there or there's no actions at all. But that's not true with Timer, man. It's it, whatever it is you're looking to do, Joe probably has a feature for you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, it's, it, it's well deserved. It's well deserved. But um, what's involved with that? Because like we talk about it on the show all the time. It's like, oh, we wish the Apple would do this or this app would do this feature. But kind of walk us through for layman, um, what's involved with adding shortcut support to your iOS application? I think it comes down to time and um, maybe willingness to do it. Because it's, at least for me, I get... 
perhaps it's because I've done this so many times. I've I've made so many different shortcut actions that it's not um, it's not really hard for me to do it. Um, but it's just a matter of doing it, I think, and just having that functionality available available for anybody to use it. That makes a lot of sense. And and clearly, you know, you've you've been listening to things like Cortex and so on over time because you have, you know, the basic things that you might want, like starting a timer and stopping timers and things like that. But there's also things like updating time entries, starting live activities, because you may actually want this timer on your home screen. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've also extended it into things like adding projects and so on, which is something that that, that really tells me like you, you get it. Because the number of people that will have like a little thing that will create a folder here and a document there and a note there for a new project. Um, and then it would also need to add a task into their task manager to add a new timer project. But they don't need to because now that same little thing that creates a folder and creates a note um, and creates a project in their task manager can also create a project in Timery for time tracking um, or create a, a project in Toggle for time tracking using Timery. Um, and, you know, this is something that, yeah, I, I really appreciate. And I also really appreciate how, you know, you started, um, you said, using the Today widget with Workflow. Um, and the Today screen still exists and there's still a shortcut widget in there. Um, but I, w- what I really like is, you know, obviously since then you've been working on your own things like adding live activities and all the cool new features. Um, but it still very clearly like focuses on I just need to be able to tap a button and then the thing is working as it should do. And that's what I what I really love because, you know, it's really easy for me at the end of the day to check my total time tracked and how much time has been tracked on this and how much project time has been tracked and things like that as part of my workflow. But, you know, it works. And and that is the really great thing because you've you've done all the hard work there to make it work for us. Well, that's really good to hear. I, I that's uh... Anytime I add all of us, anything new like that, it's like it shouldn't get in the way of the the really core function of the app of starting and stopping a timer time entries. If you want some more things, they're there. If you if that's all you want to do too, that's also fine. And that um, the add project shortcuts action that was a request from Chris Lawley, so you can thank him for that. <laughs> Well, it's it's great. And I, I do use it um, for things. I've been experimenting at work. I keep going back and forth between having work as like a client with different projects, various work things. But then a project might exist for like half a day. So that doesn't feel like it's worth it. But also, I definitely have more than one thing that I work on at work. So I've been <laughs> going back and forth between, you know, do I want projects? Do I want tasks? Do I just want to put like the name of the story that I'm working on and the task name and things like that? Um, and I have to say, it's it's been really good to see that I can just, you know, copy and paste bits between various different shortcut sections. And, you know, it, it, it works regardless of how I'm attempting to manipulate the data. Manipulate the data is the wrong way to put it. Uh, create the data and organize it. I think that might be a better way of putting it. Joe, when Apple first started, uh, you know, supporting shortcuts, my understanding was what they had was they called intents, where you could go and kind of create actions out of intents but it felt Mm -hmm. to me kind of kludgy like as a user like it wasn't clear that the actions necessarily came available to me without using that feature in the application but obviously this has evolved over the time 
uh, has it got easier? And like, what, you know, what, when you say it takes time to make one, what are the kinds of things you have to do to make an action and an application? So you can still use the old system. And in fact, the, the, it's the intense definition file in Xcode that defines all of the, the actions and the parameters for each of them. Uh, you can still do that. And in fact, uh, most of the timery actions are still using that system. I haven't converted them over to the new app intense system yet. Uh, I'm still supporting iOS 15. I think it's still possible that you can convert them and still have them exist for iOS 15. I'm just kind of afraid to do that. So for yeah. now, they're still there. But uh, the new ones too, they're, you you don't have to do anything with that file, which uh, at least for me, because there's so many things in there, it's it it actually takes Xcode uh, several seconds to load it. Um, the new system, it's just all done through code, so it's uh, it's easier in that regard. Um, there's still you just you um, define your the name of it, the you give it a little description. Uh, any parameters, so something like um, uh, somebody could input uh, some some text or some numbers or a date, uh, a switch for on or off or for anything, and then you uh, define a, a perform action, which is what the once the short once the action is run, it will go through these steps to, to do whatever that particular action is meant to do. Sure. You've got to get the trigger established, but then you also have to tell the application to do something. Mm-hmm. Having worked with it and being, you know, I, I like the fact that it takes time to load your file because it's so big. Cause that means as a <laughs> user, <so> big. <laughs> as a user, that means I get lots of goodies. It's like, it's like when you were a kid and you'd go trick or treating, like there was always like somebody that like would give you a handful of candy you know, yeah. <laughs> that's like timery. Then like, then the, then we had like one neighbor that would give us like a toothbrush and like, uh, what, what is it with this guy? In fact, let me For think of that candy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the, um, the other developers? Because I feel like when I see an app like timery, it really does vex me sometimes when there are other apps out there that it's that obviously I would like to automate more, but there's no action available. And on you know on ios and ipad that you know shortcuts really is it in a lot of ways i mean there are some javascript things you can do but but you don't have you know apple script to fall back on and a lot of the other tools we get on the mac and it feels like a lot of developers have just taken a pass on automation um why do you think that is why is everybody giving me toothbrushes joe <laughs> they want you to have clean teeth <laughs> yeah i guess but i, I want more candy <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. I, I think, again, it's just a matter of of deciding to do it and, and doing it. Um, it's maybe if they're not familiar enough with, with shortcuts or, or, or the power it gives to users, I'm not sure. But it's it's something that, yeah, I think, I think it could be used, useful for more people, too. Does Apple give sufficient resources for, for developers that want to add shortcut support? I mean, is that something where... They're giving you guys the, you know, the the resources to learn how to do it. Is could that be a hang up, or is it just people just aren't bothering? I think the resources are are useful and and are sufficient. Um, I've I've managed to look through the documentation and and figuring figure out uh, 
what I need to be doing for this stuff. And I think those, um, they have periodically have Slack Q and A's for developers. I think those have been extremely helpful to, to be able to ask for, for developers to be able to ask people directly on the teams questions. Yeah. So that's been very helpful. Yeah. I, cause I get the impression the shortcuts team is all in. I mean, these guys and gals yeah. are, they yeah. want everybody to use shortcuts. They get it. And I love that there are people inside Apple that are, are excited about automation. Uh, but, but it is strange to me because I feel like now shortcuts has been around a while. It's not a flash in the pan, but there are so many apps that just seem like they just don't bother. I wonder if for some of those apps, it's a chicken and the egg problem, right? They don't have that many people asking for automation. Um, and so they haven't implemented it, but at the same time, they potentially are not getting users because they don't have the automation support that some of those users really want um, and would not switch to the app despite it otherwise being perfect without it. Um, you know, this is one of the things I find with many of my apps, you know, something cool and new and shiny comes along and I look at it and I go, cool, where's the API? Shortcut support? Apple script? Come online? Anything? Uh, because, you know, if I have to resort to Keyboard Maestro's click at image to do something, like it's a workaround, but I'm not going to do that with a with a tool that I'm using every single day. That makes a lot of sense. And Rose, you make a great point. I feel like a lot of developers, it, it you know, it takes work to get shortcuts implemented, but once you do that, people are going to want more of it, right? As soon as you give them little candy, they want more candy. So uh, if you don't have shortcut support at all, it's a kind of a non-issue. But if you have a little shortcut support, and I'm sure Joe experiences this, like when you add a shortcut action to do X, then people suddenly want uh, action Y. I think um, for me and Joe, you can you can um, weigh in on this as well. Um, one of the things I'm really liking that Apple is doing is to get actions from your app to show up in Siri. Um, so for example, opening a specific book in books um, or scanning a document in files, the way that you do that is through shortcut support. So you add... Um, you know, your, your Siri intents and, and definitions. Um, and then those show up um, in the shortcuts app. There's a new UI for that this year with iOS 17. Um, but then they also show up in Siri, meaning that if you have, you know, for example, a great time tracking app and you wanted, um, for example, track Project ABC to be available in Siri, then you could actually add that through shortcut support. Um, and I think that that's a good encouragement for some developers who might otherwise hold out. I do think that the addition of Siri commands should be a, a little additional like um, encouragement for developers to adopt this because they get two for one now, essentially, right? They get voice command plus they get shortcuts. Um, but mm -hmm. I just feel like, I, I wish people were more um, willing to give it a try like Joe. And, and I get that it takes time and I don't know what the answer to it is, but when you meet a developer that gets it, it just, I know that in the communities that I work in and, and talk to those apps become essential and the people that don't get it, those apps don't get discussed, you know, and, and I, I do think there's a case to be made here and, Maybe I am biased, you know, and we're definitely at the sharp end of the stick of automation. We make a podcast about it, but, but I really think this stuff can be useful. And the way Apple set up shortcuts is to make it easy for people. So, 
So I, I do wish more people did it. Joe, how about this? If uh, is there any friction points as you because you're one of more experienced automation than shortcuts developers? Like, what is the white whale or the thing that you want to add that just isn't quite there yet in terms of you know shortcut support? Before I answer that, uh, up to your point about getting more developers to to adopt this stuff, I wonder if interactive widgets will help in that regard because. Mm-hmm. Interactive widgets are powered by the last year's uh, new app intents system. So any app, any app intent that somebody's making for an interactive widget can also be used as a regular shortcuts action too. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe that can uh, help help uh, get more more developers on board with with shortcut support too. That would be really awesome. Just a thought. Uh, so what? What's something that I would like to have for shortcuts? I would really enjoy having uh, third-party automation triggers. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, for Timery, anytime you start or stop a time entry, then the app could notify the system, and then you could run an automation off of that. I think that would be really powerful. That would be. And another thing that occurs to me is if for, like, your save timers... You could have like a remind me after X period of time. So, for example, if you've got something that usually only ever runs for like two hours, but every so often it will run more, run for longer. But usually after two hours, it's that you've moved on to something else and you forgot to change your timer. If you could have triggers for that sort of thing to be like, hey, this has been running for more than two hours, therefore I'm going to run an automation, that'd be super cool. That would be great too. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about third-party triggers a few times over the years, and I feel like it's possible. Originally, when we discussed it, I, I thought it would never happen because of security, right? If Apple lets sure. a third-party app trigger something, what if it's malicious, you know? And But then when you look at the automatic triggers that have populated over the years on shortcuts, where now, you know, even this year, we got additional automatic triggers that don't require confirmation, I feel like third-party triggers can't be far behind that. And I get that you would probably have to have a really scary checkbox where you say, yeah, I understand, you know, Timery can uh, trigger actions without me approving it, blah, blah, blah. But I'd be okay with that because I think the people that want this stuff totally get that. And I'm with you, man. That would be, I, my mind just spins when I think about third-party <laughs> triggers because there's so many apps that have shortcuts that I like and, and then I could reorganize how they all work, and it could be it could follow the way my brain thinks, not the way I have to pack it into what's allowed in shortcuts. Yeah, I think that would be a really great addition to the platforms. Yeah, yeah, man, from yeah. your lips to Tim's ears on that one. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely getting closer. You know, this year we got support yeah. for running automations automatically when you connect to Bluetooth devices and Wi-Fi, which previously they wouldn't let you run automatically at all. Now. You can run them automatically. You can't disable the notification that you get, but you know it's it's progress. It's it's small steps, um, but you know you have to start by moving in the right direction and getting it working. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just really glad that you know this this sort of stuff is wanted by developers, not just us end users who are there going, "Yay, I want all the things!" Because it's really easy to build this huge list of things that you want. Not so easy to actually uh, use it necessarily. 
Something as a shortcuts user I would like is an else if action instead of having to nest oh, yes. a bunch of if actions. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Else if slash um, just switch case of like, yeah. <laughs> in this case, do this. In this mm-hmm. case, do this. And in this case, do this. Um, and also being able to um, have multiple statements in your if. Sure. Would yes. be really yes. nice. Like if this and this. Yes. <laughs> if it's after 7 p.m., and the sun is set, then do this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be really cool, especially considering the fact that you can convert home automations into shortcuts. Um, admittedly, they are not full shortcuts in the sense of there's no time reactions, for example, um, and a whole bunch of the native system actions don't exist there either. But yeah, it, it, it is, you know, something like that would be very, very useful. Um, and yeah, I, I know I've asked for it before and like the folks, um, you know, who I mentioned it to in person were like, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, but, uh, I'm sure they've got a really long list of things, but at the moment it is kind of annoying when you have to do, okay, I'm just going to delete the else and then I'll add another if, delete the else, add another if, delete an else, add another if, and you end yep. up having to stop the shortcut every single time in it. It's a little frustrating, but you know it still works, so it could be worse. Yeah, and I understand why they did it. They, I think they, their initial thought was let's keep it really simple for people. And the problem is that people start to want more, and the only way you can get more is to make it without those additional tools. The only way you can get to that more is to make it super complicated, right? So it almost like defeats its purpose of being simple by not having a few extra tools there and. And I also think Apple should look at this as an evolution, right? As people grow up with shortcuts and use shortcuts, they're naturally going to become more advanced users at it, and you should give them the tools they need. Uh, an if-else statement for a new user is not going to get in the way. They're just not going to use it. But at some point, they're going to say, what is that thing? And, oh, I see how I could use this to to do something faster and easier. And and I would mm-hmm. like to see that stuff show up. But I I do think Rose is right. I think this is one of those things where they're not religiously against it. Uh, I just think they probably haven't got to it. Yeah, I suspect it's one of those things of there's so many things that they need to do. Um, And, you know, we got things like being able to delete the else part of an if action, which also means that you have to be able to restore the else part of an if action Mm -hmm. um, and so on. And all of that is is great progress in, in the right direction for this sort of thing. Um, you know, and we got new widgets this year um, in um, iOS 17 for shortcuts, which we've got the two two buttons on. So if you added a um, shortcuts widget, um, then you could have uh, like the smallest one. Um, you could have two different projects uh, show up in your uh, timery for timery, um, which is pretty cool. Hooray for more buttons. Hooray. <laughs> but uh, speaking of iOS 17, I actually wanted to talk to you, Joe, about the new watch OS. Because I noticed day one, I was that crazy lady. I installed the watch beta on my Apple Watch Ultra. Um, I did have a minor issue when I had to do install the update um, uh, that came out um, in that it didn't. And it kind of just stuck in a boot loop for a while. And then oh, I no. forced restarted it like three times and then it was fine. But I am suspiciously checking my watch every like yeah. five minutes still. Um, but I noticed day zero... What apps were showing up in my new watchOS Siri doc? Um, I'm calling it the Siri doc because it's kind of the replacement for the Siri watch face, which still exists. Um, But essentially, you swipe it from the bottom and there's widgets in there. And I'm there looking at it going, hang on a minute, timer is in here? 
Does Joe know something I don't know? Is Joe secretly working at Apple? Um, and I, I'm I'm guessing it's not that you're secretly working at Apple. I'm guessing it's that you implemented, um, you know, the the new watch complications or something like that, and those work as widgets. But days are features. Pretty awesome work there. That was exactly it. Uh, last year for Watch OS nine, I rewrote the timery complications. Uh, to use Widget Kit since it was now newly available for WatchOS. Uh, even though the Watch app had been out for only a few months so far at that point, I was never really happy with how the old clock kit complications didn't um, necessarily update very often. And then having, but then having access to Widget Kit now and and for me, having experience with the home with how it works with the home screen widgets, so I I, I rebuilt all of the, the the complications with Widget Kit, and uh, apparently those were available then on day one with Watch OS ten. I I would have assumed that it would needed to, the app would have needed to been uh, built with the the new Xcode in the Watch OS ten SDK, similar to how. Like I think that's the the iPad small the small home screen widgets are now available on the iPad lock screen and um and they are also available on iPhone standby. I believe those only show up once the app has been built with the new SDK, but the watch OS uh widgets they just showed up, so that was a nice little freebie there, yeah, yeah, that is really cool, so well done for uh you know, doing that. And I, I know when um, the, the watch act came out, I had several friends who kept going like, I, I just need timery for the watch. Like, I, that's all <laughs> I need. And I was like, mm, I think I heard something from Joe. Be patient. Um, you know, you can use shortcuts in the meantime type thing. And uh, yeah, and you came out with it. So doing it just shortly after releasing it, that's a lot of work. Um, but uh, it, it feels like it's definitely paid off. You know, I'm sure you probably already thought that it had paid off. Um, but now, you know, the fact that you get free features on on day one, that's that's pretty good going. Yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, the watch app, even just from for my own use, it's been it's been great just to have it. To, I'm not my phone is is in another room or whatever, and I need to do something and just open up the app and and go at it. And honestly, since we're there, are you going to make timery in uh, three dimensional computing? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked into it yet. Um, I've been focusing on the um, all the new iOS and watchOS goodies sure. that are coming in the fall, including the interactive widgets. Uh, but yes, I I do plan on looking into that and um, how how Timery can work in um, in virtual space. I think that would be really useful to have have also there too. I mean, imagine your reports rendered in a 3d visual space so you can walk through a field of the hours that you spent doing something like a forest of Maybe trees <laughs> yeah instead of the trees there's just the put the bars the bar graphs this episode of the automators is brought to you by text expander go to textexpander.com automators and get 20 percent off text expander was the original sponsor of the automators and it makes sense because it's such a great automation tool when you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client or tracking down the same FAQs from the company website. 
These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition. And this lets you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander, and then create your chosen abbreviation, and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. If you're an automator, this stuff has read me. It is so great what you can do with Text Expander, and this will make sure that you still keep the personality and the communications you send. Text Expander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. In fact, when we invited Joe on the show this week, I sent a Text Expander snippet to him. We send it to the guests. My snippet is pod.autoguest, and I use groupings of Text Expander snippets. So pod. is a preface for any podcast related Text Expander snippet. And it's a really powerful way to get even more out of this application. But using that, I was able to send Joe all the details about what mic to use. You know, where's the outline link? Where do you sign in in Zoom to attend the call? All the details are there with one quick snippet. I use it every week. Text Expander sends me little reports about how much time I'm saving, and I literally send days of each year using Text Expander. Now, if repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com slash automators. And you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash automators. Start automating today with TextExpander and say goodbye to repetitive typing. And our thanks to TextExpander for their support of the Automators podcast. All right. Um, so Timery itself, we've been talking about how automation friendly it is, but we haven't really got into the weeds on it yet. Uh, one of the things I love about the app, as I keep telling Joe, is uh, there's a lot of actions and shortcuts to automate timery. And uh, those are going to trigger um, your your toggle timers as you go through the day. And while you can go in the app and just hit a button and it starts a timer, uh, as an automator, it's really nice when you can have that happen automatically as part of a bigger action. And one of my favorite things to do, and this thing comes up on the show so much, I think we're going to have to turn to a drink, a drinking game, but I love setups. I love the idea of saying, now I'm going to do some writing, or I'm going to do some research, or I'm going to do some recording or podcasting or whatever. And I like to push a button and have a bunch of things happen. And one of the things is often just start a timer. And so by far, Joe, the, the automation step I use uh, from Timery the most is, not surprisingly, start a timer. But you can start a saved timer. So if you spend the time in the application to set up those saved timers with the tags like I was talking about, maker, manager, or whatever it is that you do, and then all you do is you have a single action in Timery uh, that starts that timer that's part of your shortcut and, and part of a bigger one. Just to give you a few extra steps I might add in there, maybe I'll trigger a focus mode. I feel like focus modes and timery go together like chocolate and peanut butter. They're great. 
I must be hungry today. I keep talking about candy, but the uh, <laughs> more but, candy. Yeah, but but you know the idea of oh yeah, if I'm doing that timer or I'm recording the automators podcast, that is also a focus mode that I call podcasting. So why not have it just trigger timery? You know, whenever I put it in podcasting focus mode, have it trigger the automators timer, or whenever I run this shortcut, have it do those two together. You know, that's why earlier when Joe mentioned third-party triggers that would be so great if i could have me triggering the timer in your app become a trigger that sets the podcast focus mode but currently i have to do it the opposite way around or set it up as a dedicated shortcut but um but i can do it you know and that does all sorts of things it turns on the recording light over my door and it does you know a bunch of things at the same time and so often timery for me even though it's a single action is a key part of that I have to agree. I've got a lot of, um, you know, seemingly very simple things um, set up. So for example, one of them is whenever I start an Apple Watch workout, I start my time tracker for, you know, exercise. Um, And it goes into my calendar and figures out based on, you know, the calendar events that are going on, um, what kind of exercise I'm doing and so on. Um, So that it can, you know, log that appropriately in the time tracker. Um, but, um, you know, that's one of the things I do. And then of course, when the, uh, workout stops then I stop the track as well. Um, but, um, you know, it's really nice to be able to also say, by the way, if I get in the car and I didn't like turn off the time tracking, um, and therefore I didn't end the workout, then I'm just going to do that now (laughs) because then I at least have an accurate timestamp in timery, um, so that I can fix that later in, in the uh, fitness app. Um, and, you know, doing things like having, you know, when when you've, uh, you know, gone to a specific location or your focus mode or or whatever, being able to trigger time tracking for me makes it much more um, likely that it'll happen. You know, I really love the save timers um, in particular. iPad mini on my desk um, with timery um, open um, among other apps um, using stage manager. Um, but I love the fact that I do just kind of have like a, it's kind of like a widget grid, to be honest, of just time trackers. And I can just tap on them and I can see an overview of what's what and so on. And that that works really well for me to be able to see what I'm tracking and, you know, if I'm tracking the right thing and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's great because I that's I just want to be able to provide the the tools to enable people to to do things, not not just to do things that I wouldn't necessarily do myself, but also things that I wouldn't even imagine. So just even if it's just some simple, some simple things with, with adding a timery action here or there, it's, that's great. That's what I'm trying to, to provide for everybody. And that that's great to hear that it, it works too. Yeah. Like another good one that I like is because, you know, I, a lot of my timery automation is starting timers because if you start a save timer, it stops the existing timer. So you don't have to, and that's something I appreciate Joe is that you didn't require me to create separate actions to stop the existing timer and start a new one. It just, when you do the action to start a timer and this is in the app as well, it just takes over. You know, it's like, okay, he's no longer, you know, playing with a dog. So he's now recording. So turn off the dog timer, turn on the podcast timer. And that's great. But the downside of that is if you are not paying attention, you might have a timer that runs overnight because you forgot to turn it off. Um, and with time-based triggers and shortcuts, which now don't require confirmation, 
you can just run a timer every night, 11 o'clock that says stop your timer, right? And if you had one run long, that's fine. But if you have one that runs overnight, it's a big pain in the neck to you know sort that out the next day. So like that's a real simple throwaway timer I put together. It's a, it's a two-step shortcut, you know, 11 p.m. turn off timer. Um, and that's fine. I, I think that's a fun little uh, tip there. Yeah, you could tie it into your sleep focus mode as well if you wanted to. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Which is something that I, I'm one of the things I, I always try to do with my automations is um, I don't quite think of every automation and shortcuts costs money, but I try and think of, okay, if I have 17 automations for when this thing happens and something's not working, I then have to look in 17 places to fix it. <laughs> if I have one automation for when sleep focus mode turns on, then it runs this and everything is in there, then I don't have to go through and figure out which bits are happening which bits aren't happening and so on and so forth because or like which which bits are running in shortcuts um you know i i I know that it's all in one shortcut which is much easier um and so i try to consolidate things so i have a number of things that happen when my sleep timer starts uh, or when my sleep focus mode starts and one of them is stopping my time tracking in timery um though at the moment i have been experimenting with sending myself a push notification to prompt me if I need to continue the time tracking because every so often I will be doing something where my sleep focus mode automatically turns on um, and I'm going to keep doing that for a while before I go to bed. Um, And so I've been working on like prompting myself with a notification of, hey, this is still running. Should it be? And uh, if if I don't reply of, yes, it should be, then it it will stop the timer about 10 minutes later um, using my Pushka automation server. But yeah, it's it's really nice that that's just a, a simple option using you know the 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 actions that you provided there, Joe. That's really interesting that the you've got the the push notification thing built in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where I had to decide what the default should be. Um, uh, you know, it's the same with uh, train drivers. Like, there's usually something that they have to press like every minute or so, or like something they have to hold on to. Um, and if they don't do that thing. Um, when they should be doing that thing, then the train just stops um, because that's that's the the safety fail. Mm-hmm. I had to decide what my safety fail was going to be. <laughs> is my safety fail going to be keep the timer running or is it going to be stop the timer? Um, obviously, in the case of time tracking versus dr- train driving, one of those is more dangerous than the other. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I went with uh, my default is going to be if you don't hear back in 10 minutes, we're going to stop this. Um, so yeah. That's uh, that's how I solved that problem. But yeah, it's really nice that you can do that. And one of the other things I've been working on is um, when I when I set stuff up, um, like new projects and so on, just adding projects and save timers and things automatically into Timery based on like you know my my preferences and the things that I would do, um, because that's been very very useful for getting things done, literally in the productivity sense as well as in the the mental sense of, yeah, okay, so these things are accomplished and off my list and now I don't need to think about them and I can go and play Tears of the Kingdom Zelda <laughs> on my Switch, which I may have been putting a few too many hours into recently. But it's all time-tracked, so it's okay. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> of course it's time-tracked. <laughs> I, I feel like another thing about having shortcuts or automation support in your application is it also makes it easier for the user to trigger it in different ways and I'll admit that even though I make a show called podcast, uh, the automator's podcast, 
I often trigger toggle timers by just going in the app, pushing the save timer, because it's so easy the way you've done it. But there are also lots of other ways I like to trigger timers out of that context where it happens more automatically. I just talked about the one when I set a focus mode and it'll trigger a timer. But um, I've heard from a lot of people using timer in different ways. Um, Some of the ways people do it is uh, because you have a great Mac app, um, is you set up shortcuts to start timers and maybe trigger focus modes. Mine quite often do. And I just use the word track at the beginning of it. So I'll say track automators and uh, I can trigger that with, with um, Hazel or, you know, Raycast or any of these um, launchers that will run a shortcut. And then that's a great way to trigger the timer. But uh, a power tip there is to enable the feature in timery where it shows the running timer in your menu bar. And that really helps you know that, okay, that, that hit, and this is what I'm tracking right now. I have a similar thing. Um, I, I have, um, shortcuts, um, for, um, things like that, um, including setting my focus mode. And I run that with bunch when I'm changing my context on the Mac. So when I sat down to start recording earlier, I ran my bunch for record automators podcast, um, and one of the things that it did is it started a time tracking um, session in Timery for me um, so that I will know how much time I've spent recording automators this month or year. And see, gang, this is why we like automation so much, because once you can create your own trigger, then you can make the app perform in the context that is works for you. You don't have to go to the app. The app kind of comes to you. And that's why I feel like more developers need to get on this bandwagon I'm a big proponent of the stream decks. A lot of people have asked me, well, how do I get my timers on stream deck buttons? And there's a a couple of different ways. The way I do it is just with them creating a little app in, in shortcuts, you can save a shortcut as an app in your dock, and then you can run that as a, an app in the stream deck. And I find that to be the most, the fastest and most consistent way for me to do it. I don't know. Maybe Rose, you have a different way of doing it, but uh, then you can also add your own thumbnail to it, you know, go crazy with SF symbols or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I find that if you want to put on your stream deck, it's not that hard, but give it its own page. Don't stick it everywhere. Or uh, another alternative is if you have pages on a stream deck related to context, like on my page here on my stream deck for podcasting, I have a little button that sets the timer in the focus modes if I forgot to do it some other way. And it's just running a little shortcut app. So I've actually taken a different approach to my stream deck okay. in that I have um, a button um, and it's the button in the top right. Um, and that kind of shows me what I'm doing. And um, I say kind of shows me what I'm doing because I've created an icon for various different things that I do um, based on the focus mode icons, which which show me like you're currently recording automators and so on. And I set the image of that using Keyboard Maestro, which is something that I stole the idea of um, from TJ Luoma. Um, who recently guested on Mac Power Users again. Um, but he um, created um, a Fantastapel app um, or macro series, um, which will like read your calendars and then um, show you, you know, in, in red, like, you know, there's a meeting in less than five minutes or yellow, there's a meeting within the next 15 minutes or green, there's a meeting coming up, but it's not right now. Um, and so on, or there's no events left for today, in which case you get the Fantastapel Um and uh, yeah, so I, I I stole the idea from from that because you can you can use Keyboard Maestro to do that. I'm working on switching things to using Better Touch Tool to control my stream decks. 
Um, and so I need to figure out how I'm going to do that with that. But I, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to do. Um, and the fact that I can easily get my current status in from Timery at any point makes it super easy to decide, you know, what, what, you know, what, how long has the timer been running and show it there. Um, and Shurkos even has support now for, um, I think, formatting durations better. So you can, you can do it all with shortcuts. Though, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll uh, get something with Joe at some point because uh, clearly Apple didn't give you any homework this summer. You've already done watch OS <laughs> uh, 10, right? Um, you know, you've just got interactive widgets. It's got to be a slam dunk. Uh, it's possibly slightly more complicated than it sounds, but yeah, <laughs> maybe at some point, if you've got lots of free time, you'll figure out a way to uh, support Stream Deck buttons from the Timery app. But in the meantime, I think you've probably got plenty of other things to be implementing. Is there anything in particular you're excited to be working on right now? I am really excited about the interactive widgets. It was something I was hoping for since, well, I guess iOS 14 when they came out. So I've been having a lot of fun with both with just playing around with them and then imagining how to turn the existing widgets into more interactive widgets. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. Because there are widgets everywhere. They're on the home screen, on the old iPad lock screen, on the Mac desktop, on Apple Watch now, too. It's great. Year of widgets. I was just thinking it's really nice that Widget Kit has become, you know, the framework for this. So complications on the watch and so on. And it, it all links together because, um, you know, I think that's where especially, you know, you're one person making this app. Um, and it's a great app, but you've got it on Mac, you've got it on iPhone, you've got it on iPad, you've got it on the watch. Um, that's not a small amount of work, especially when Apple every year in the summer are just like, dump, here's a massive <laughs> list of homework, go. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing, based on me, um, that your user base are the sort that go, oh, new features on day one, please. Um, whereas some other apps like, I don't know, say the Microsoft Word app. Like if they if they're going to add new features, they're going to do it in their own sweet time because they've got a huge user base um, and they they are a big company, so they're going to do things differently. Um, so yeah, it's it's really nice um, from from just from from my mental perspective of there's one framework to do the things that 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 seems really good. Has it been good working with that? I mean, I know you got you know the new um, watch dock um, widgets on on day one. Um, but have, has it actually worked out, you know, better for you with only having one set of code? It's it's a really good to have frameworks like that where you can do the work for one thing and it ends up working for another thing too. That's that's really helpful. And like you said, for especially for just a, a single person doing doing all of the platforms, that's that's very appreciative. So thank you all the teams at Apple for making that happen. Like last last year. When we got the iPhone lock screen widgets, those same the same uh, views to to make the lock screen widgets were the same for the Apple Watch complications. So those enable sharing code between or in views between the the two things. So you make one. And it works on the other one, too. I mean, it's not just that simple, of course, but it's it's uh, it. It makes things a lot easier. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, that is good. It feels to me like this year we're starting to get the real payoff to developers who have kind of gone into the new Swift UI and kind of Apple 
programming interfaces that they've been developing over the last several years. I mean, not only things like watch widgets, but also, you know, the vision OS is largely based on that. And like suddenly people who invested time in learning the new systems are getting all these extra little benefits. Yeah, I agree. And and even with the, uh, the app intents and the interactive widgets, if you started making app intents actions for shortcuts last year, then you can either use those exact same ones, which I am doing for the interactive widgets or something similar for them too. So if you started working on that last year, you've, you're uh, understanding already what uh, how to make the widgets interactive too. It reminds me at the time that Apple was like, hey, so we're bringing this new thing called auto layout and the developers that went with it next year Mm-hmm. When there was split screen on the iPad and they were like, yeah, so basically you just need to rebuild and do a couple of tweaks and ta-da, you've got split screen. Yep. <laughs> and all the developers who hard-coded everything to within three pixels were like, oh, no, <laughs> darn it. Um, exactly possibly right. in slightly le- less polite terms. Um, but yeah, it is It is good when they, they signpost things and are like, hey, here's the cool new thing. Come use the cool new thing. And then it really pays off for you. Now, Joe, I know you're you're largely on the other half of the equation. You're making the actions for us rather than using them. But what are some of the shortcuts you run on your devices? I have a few. Um, there's ranging from just uh, setting some HomeKit lights or uh, setting uh, some actions before I, I go to bed and stuff like that. Um, one of them... Some of, I guess, maybe a slightly little more complex one, not super complex, but anytime I share uh, framed screenshots of stuff I'm working on, like on Mastodon and whatnot, I like to put uh, a color background behind them that mm-hmm. sort of matches what the the content of the uh, the image is. So I built a shortcut that does that. It it adds a overlays the um, the framed screenshot over uh, some solid color background. And I can either pick from some preset colors or um, I can use uh, using Toolbox Pro. Thank you, Alex, for that to to uh, get the image colors off of that. Um, and then just spits out the, the image and I can share that. That's one of them. Um, I run a, a shortcut before I go to bed that um, we were talking about making sure uh, time entries are stopped. So it does that. So if there's something running, it'll stop that. Um, it'll check the weather for tomorrow. Um, and I have it uh, just for myself. I have it export some, just a report of what I was working on for the day. This was a, a, a fun thing for me that uh, I had been screenshotting the reports in the app and I was like, uh, wait a minute, I can do something about this. And I built uh, an action for shortcuts then that would export those reports instead of me screenshotting them. So if anybody else finds that useful, great. <laughs> I love that you did that for you. Um, you know, I know <laughs> I know that you've added a number of um, you know, features in Timery, specifically the shortcut section for other users. Um, but I'm really glad that that one was added for you. This is that something I've me. been playing with. <laughs> Um, a little bit as well. Uh, recently, I, f- I find it quite cool to to you know export uh, a little report of what's what's happened. Um, and so, yeah, I've been playing with that as part of my weekly review process. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's really nice that I can have, like, I have a weekly review button that I can tap on it. And as well as doing, you know, OmniFocus and the other things, it also pulls in my time tracking data and, and just shows me that. And that's very useful. That's the one fun thing about making an app is if I can, if I'm, I'm using this all day, every day. And so I'd come across things where it's like, uh, maybe it shouldn't work like that, or maybe it should do this instead, or maybe it should do this at all. And so it's like, well, I'll open up Xcode and uh, make that happen. So that's fun. You literally have the ability to scratch your own itch. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Alex, uh, Alex Hay from Toolbox Pro. We should mention Alex. Uh, we lost him to cancer this year, but he was definitely one of the the early adopters of shortcuts and and uh, the people that really, I mean, made shortcuts better. I mean, Toolbox Pro has always been my favorite application for adding features to shortcuts, and boy, we'll miss him. Absolutely. A great uh, person in the community and so very kind and helpful to to both me and many other developers, too. And, and every year when there were new shortcuts things, and he would be helping us all out uh, implementing them. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of his code on GitHub of, you know, little proofs of concept that he did of demoing, you know, this is how I would set up this new feature and things like that, which is just really handy if you're looking for any guides like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, those those won't be updated. Um, but yeah, his, uh, his apps are still working. Um, and so you certainly should be uninstalling them anytime soon. Um, and uh, fingers crossed something can happen with those at some point in the future to uh, keep them going because uh, Alex's work should be preserved to make Absolutely. sure that everybody knows uh, how great he was. Because yeah, he did help a lot of developers. Um, and I know, um, you know, a, a lot of um, the other indie developers that we've, we've spoken to and I've spoken to in the past have uh, talked about Alex as well. And uh, yeah, so he will. He was a very useful resource as a person, uh, but also just a great person. Well, Joe, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. I know that this isn't your forte, right? You make apps, you don't talk on podcasts. But you did a great job and you shared a lot with this in the audience. I think it's really good for everybody to get a perspective from someone who's making the actions that we're implementing. And boy, we really appreciate you coming on today. I really appreciate you for, for having me. I'm very, very, very honored that you you thought of me. And I'm very thankful that um, for all the times that you you mentioned the app and for using it just in general. And you've you've both sent me from early on even before the the app was released initially you've both been very supportive and uh sent me lots of great feedback so thank you that's a really nice way to say that we nag him a lot about stuff we want added <laughs> no, to himself. yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm, I'm, I'm there going i'm pretty certain I, I remember like having some some strange issue at some point and i was doing a very convoluted workflow to make it happen and going, hmm, do I actually message Joe about this or do I just hope that no other user goes through such a strange series of steps that I did and why was I doing that anyway? Well, we have links in the show notes, but you can find Joe's Timery application at timeryapp.com. You go there, you can get links to all the various places. Uh, We didn't give enough time today talking about the, the Mac implementation, which also was very well done, Joe, and hats off to you on that. I mean, this isn't just a simple port. This is an application that thinks about being a Mac application. And I love that about it as a Mac mm-hmm. enthusiast. Uh, but Mac, uh, the Mac version is just as good. 
and all the right Mac ways. We mentioned the watch app. If you're doing timers, having them on your wrist is a great place to do them. Uh, but it's all at timeryapp.com. Anywhere else people should go to get in contact with you, Joe? I'm on Mastodon. Um, I'm at, at Joe Rebar at mastodon.social. And Rebar is spelled H-R-I-B-A-R. So Yes, sorry, I should have spelled that, yes. No, no worries. <laughs> That's it. That'll catch we you. We will also have links in the uh, show notes. If you click on Joe, um, once you are on the podcast page, then you'll get a little um, profile with uh, all the links to his stuff. So fingers crossed you'll find everything there. And we are the Automators Podcast. Thanks to our sponsors today, Tech Expander and ExpressVPN, for helping keep the lights on. We'll see you next time, and uh, have a great day, everybody. Goodbye, folks.